Good evening and welcome to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program sponsored by Heritage Baptist Church in New York City, a church that is committed to proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ in an atmosphere of love. Please join us this hour as Pastor Matthew Recker opens the Word of God and then brings others, including you, into the conversation. Tonight, we'll seek to have a dialogue that will glorify God and will show how the Bible is relevant to everyday life. Our desire is to lead people to salvation in Christ and encourage believers in their spiritual growth. Join us and build up your own heritage of faith. Good evening and thank you for listening to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program with your host, Pastor Matthew Recker. We are studying the book of Genesis in our series called Back to the Beginning, and tonight we are in one of the most important chapters in all the Bible, so stay tuned. My name is Micah, and I'm the Ministry Assistant at Heritage, and if you would like to join our conversation tonight, or if you have a question or a prayer request, give us a call. Our studio phone number is 929-333-3739. Pastor Matt, did you know that our radio station is right next to the grave of Alexander Hamilton? Yeah, he is buried right next door in the funeral grounds of the Trinity the Church. Trinity Church, yeah. We went there today. It was uh, They had opened it up. I think it was closed for a long time, but they yeah. opened it up, and we walked through. I had never walked through it before, but it was really cool to see, and it was beautiful. Yeah. Uh, cherry blossoms bursting and everything. And anyone yes. famous? But, oh, well, Alexander Hamilton, and you know how he yeah. died, right? How did he die? He, he died from a, uh, with a, from a duel with a Burr, and Burr shot him, and he died the next day. Oh, really? So... What a way to go. Not many yeah. people die from duels, though, you know? Not these days. And no. But it reminds us of the consequences of sin, doesn't yeah. it, Micah? And that's really yeah. what we're talking about. God told Adam and Eve, or he told Adam, the day that you eat of the fruit of the tree of the garden, of that fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that you will die. And so yeah. sin has come into the world because of death. Mm-hmm. And so even Alexander, and and so it's, we're reminded of that by yeah. the gra- every mm-hmm. graveyard, right? Every graveyard, yeah. So, um, yeah, amazing. So, dear friends, as I, I was actually thinking about this as well, Micah, that the consequences of sin... Mm-hmm. And I want to ask our listeners to give us a call tonight at 929-333-3739. And listener, join our conversation this evening and share with us what you see are the consequences of sin Mm. in your your situation. Mm -hmm. It could be a family difficulty. It could be some other thing. It could be financial problem. It could be death uh, that, that you've had to experience around you because of sin. But there are such consequences of sin. Mm. And this chapter really goes into it where God speaks to man, mm-hmm. the woman, and Satan, mm-hmm. and, and curses the ground, yeah. and makes all of our life full of sweat, toil, hardship, <laughs> yeah. you know, and a lot of pain along the way. And, yeah. and so we'll see that this evening, but our phone lines are open here, dear friends, at 929-333-3739. Or maybe you say, well, the consequences of sin are too personal in my life. I don't want to talk to anyone about it because they're so personal. I need prayer about it. Yeah. So call us for prayer because mm-hmm. we have some really great call screeners this evening and prayer warriors who will love to bear your burden, pray with you this evening. And maybe you're just going through addiction or suffering or persecution or pressure and distress in your life, call us right now at 929-333-3739. And we're going to be reading in Genesis chapter 3, verse 7 to 25. But before we do that, we want to introduce our other guest in the studio tonight, and that's Brother Emmanuel. So thank you for being here, Emmanuel. 
Hi, Pastor. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for having me. And you're an old pro at this now. This, this is how many times have you been on the program with uh, us? I, I really don't know. Oh. <laughs> so we've lost count. You've lost count. Wow, you're, you're a veteran then. Right. Okay. <laughs> You're past rookie status if you've lost count. So, well, good to have you in, uh, Emmanuel. We're looking forward to our conversation uh, this evening. So let's go into Genesis chapter 3, and we're going to read a little longer passage of Scripture tonight. Mm-hmm. We're going to start at verse 7. Yeah. We're going to go to verse 24, the end of the chapter. So, Emmanuel, if you could start us out. Okay. So let us read Genesis chapter 3, uh, starting in verse 7. And the eyes of both eyes of them both were opened and they knew that they were naked and they seared fig trees together and made themselves aprons and they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden and the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him where art thou and he said I heard thy voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou should not eat? And the man said, The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me the tree, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. And the Lord God said, unto the serpent because thou hast done this thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field and upon thy belly shalt thou go and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life and I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed it shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel Unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam, he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground. For out of it was thou taken. For dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. And Adam called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. Unto Adam also, and to his wife, did the Lord God make coats of skin and clothe them. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man is become as one of us, to know good and evil. And now, lest he put forth his hand, and take also of the tree of life, and eat, and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden, to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man, and he placed at the east of the Garden of Eden cherubim and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. Mm. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you, God, for um, the hope. 
that is in this passage, Lord. There's curse and there's death and there's toil and there's sorrow, Lord, but you give us hope. So, Lord, as we dig into this passage tonight, Lord, I just pray that you bless our conversation and bless the hearers of this message. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, this is truly a groundbreaking chapter. So many firsts in this chapter. First Mm -hmm. time we see Satan. Mm -hmm. It's the first temptation. It's the first sin. It's the first marital squabble. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's the first blame of husband of wife. The first first husband who ever blamed his wife. Not the last. (laughs) (laughs) It's the first missionary. God himself goes seeking, searching after man. Where art thou? I mean, so that's the heart of God, right? To seek and save the lost, mm-hmm. the one who was going to now on the death sentence. Mm. And so it's the, we see the first clothes, yep. the first clothes that anyone ever put on. And it's the first prophecy of the coming Messiah called the woman's seed. So it's the first gospel message. Mm-hmm. So this is truly a groundbreaking chapter. And this chapter, dear friends, shows us the awful consequences of sin and rebellion against God. But as Micah said, it provides us hope because God is love and he does have a desire to to be reconciled to those who have sinned against him Mm -hmm. and have broken his word. And dear friend, maybe you feel like, where is God? And will, will God ever be, you know, can I ever be right with God? Can, I, can you ever be right with God? If Adam and Eve could, you could. That's right, dear friend. You can. You can be reconciled to God. The Lord Jesus Christ has died on the cross for our sins. He came that we might have life, that we might have forgiveness, that we might have this hope. And here is the first promise in the Bible of the provision of the Messiah who will crush the head of the beguiling serpent mm. and would take away the curse of sin that is upon the earth and ultimately make everything right. So so this is really an amazing passage of Scripture. So, Micah, man uh, sins, mm-hmm. man and woman disobey God. They eat of that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Their eyes are opened, and we see the consequences. So what, what are the first consequences and really the first response of man upon his fall into sin? Yeah, well, everything happens really fast here. Scripture tells us that the moment Adam and Eve ate of the fruit, the eyes of them both were opened. And immediately they understood the concept of good and evil because they saw evil within themselves. Mm. And the emotions of shame and fear flooded over them. So first they experienced shame because they saw their own nakedness. So remember. So the, the, the idea that they were their eyes were open, it's not that they were enlightened <laughs> no. to, to anything good. <laughs> No. Yeah. Yeah. And they, the first thing they saw when their eyes were open was the fact that they were naked. Yeah. And, you know, they were simply unclothed like the birds and the fish and the animals. And nobody had a problem with being unclothed until sin entered the picture. Then they quickly sewed fig leaves together to cover up. And second, Adam and Eve experienced fear. This couple, you know, they panicked when they heard the footsteps of God walking in the garden and they hid. They knew they had disobeyed their creator, and they were afraid of his reaction. A good study of human nature is to watch the psychology of little children when they are caught disobeying their parents. I recently saw a video where a young boy had taken markers and drawn all over himself and all over his baby brother. And you could just see the shame and the fear of punishment written all over the child's face as his dad 
confronted him and the yeah. dad was kind of laughing as he was doing it but um the child was scared and the child was ashamed and as we as we read through this infinitely more serious situation the fall of man there is a similarity we can see the shame and the fear of adam and eve on full display we get to observe the psychology of man and human nature from the perspective of a parent because scripture gives us the perspective of their heavenly father yeah so we see guilt yeah, guilt strikes mm-hmm. and man hides. Yeah, and that's that's what man does. That's what that yep. little boy did, and mm-hmm. that's what we did as well when yeah. we had our hand in the cookie jar uh, <laughs> yeah. when when we shouldn't have, as they say. Yeah, and and then there's shame, and when there's guilt and shame, then man wants to hide, and I see these fig leaves mm-hmm. as. You know they were there was a literal they were literal fig leaves that they put together. Yeah. But man has a lot of fig leaves mm. that he hides behind still mm-hmm. to yeah. try to cover his guilt to make it seem like, hey, everything's cool, man. Yeah. I'm okay. Yeah. And so maybe those fig leaves could be, for example, friends. They hide behind a, a group of friends that mm. approve of them. Yeah. And make them feel good about themselves. Mm-hmm. Or Did even you, a church that approves of their behavior to make them feel good about themselves. That's true. Yeah, and and so people have a lot of these kinds of fig leaves. Do you know yes. what I mean? Do you, yes. do you think of do you think of any fig leaves? Yeah, I mean, people money is a big fig leaf. Yeah, exactly. Money, substance abuse. You want to escape. You want to hide yeah. from reality. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not hiding from others, but just reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so maybe there's uh, there there are people obviously with this with sin and guilt and shame. But hey, man, if they're making two hundred thousand dollars a year, mm-hmm. that that can kind of cover up a lot of that guilt and make it seem like, hey, everything's good. Yeah, I've got everything okay. together, mm-hmm. and maybe they do have a lot of things together. But we're all sinners, and people do hide behind these kinds of of fig leaves mm-hmm. of money, mm-hmm. nice apartments, designer clothes. Yes. Were you going to say as far as you said to as uh, addictions and drugs or alcohol? Oh yes, oh yes. So uh, and and it's all running away from responsibility. I mean, uh, we we all want to. Um, how do I put it? It takes effort to face reality and be responsible mm. and not sin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We it takes effort and we don't mm. want to do that. So we'd rather just turn it all off. Mm-hmm. We'd rather drink the alcohol and numb mm-hmm. the. Yeah. Uh, our reactions to it mm-hmm. yeah and that's easy mm-hmm. yeah yeah it sure is and our phone lines are open maybe you sowed a lot of fig leaves in your life dear friends and you, just to try to cover your guilt your your sense of shame but you still have to deal with that guilt in your heart and your own conscience defiled and if we can pray with you that the blood of jesus christ would cleanse your conscience, even from dead works, that you might serve the living God. Call us right now at 929-333-3739. The phone lines are open, 929-333-3739. You know, the amazing thing too, uh, Micah, on this, just the last point is, and this, this really hit me as I was just looking over the passage and praying over it, where it says that... They heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Mm -hmm. Now imagine if you had the privilege of hearing the voice of the Lord... The, do you think they realized the privilege they had? No, no absolutely how, not. How yeah. could they? They were like the only two people on yeah. earth. 
But what a privilege. Yeah. Here they were in the Garden of Eden, mm-hmm. and they were enjoying the fellowship of God. Yeah. And, now he, and, the, and the voice of God is now coming to them, and they hear the voice of God, but mm-hmm. they run. Yeah, and they for the next 4,000 years, you know, God didn't dwell among men, but then when Jesus came, he did. But we see the same reaction from most of the people, yeah. actually. They rejected Jesus, too. And they had a privilege. That was their privilege. Mm-hmm. And you know what our privilege is today? Mm. To bow our knee to Jesus Christ. Our yeah. privilege today is Adam and Eve didn't know that, you know, clearly as we know how Jesus Christ was going to come. Mm. They didn't know all that Jesus Christ was going to go through. Yeah. You know, so in a sense, our privilege is we, can, we have the whole Bible. Mm-hmm. We can look back and see the whole history yeah. of, of God through, the, through a finished scripture mm-hmm. and the finished work of Jesus Christ. Yeah. So, dear friend, that's our privilege. You might say, well, if I were Adam and Eve and I was in the garden, I wouldn't have done that. Well, no, all of us would have done it, actually. I'm sure I would have done it. I think we it. would yeah. have, right? Yeah. Yes, yes. Even you, Emmanuel, yes. Uh, okay. <laughs> I guess I would have. <laughs> so, dear friends, we've all sinned. And we all trample our privileges. And we run from God. We hide. We're afraid. The fear of death that brings a snare. Maybe it, it just kind of hounds you and it pounds upon your mind. If you're not saved, call us right now. Or maybe if you've been saved, but you've backslidden from God. You've not been back in church since COVID. You've not been reading your Bible. You've not been on your knees talking to God. Call us right now. We want to see God work in your heart tonight that you could really get right with the Lord. Mm. 929-333-3739. So, Emmanuel, when the Lord does come after them, and Adam and Eve hide. God's very persistent, isn't he? <laughs> oh, yes. yes. You, you cannot run from God. You mm. cannot. Um. So, so do Adam and Eve take responsibility for their wrongdoing here? Oh, in uh, <laughs> just one word, they don't. Uh, they don't. Uh, I, I, I was always interested. I was thinking about this. What if after the eating of the fruit, mm-hmm. Adam and Eve ran to God and confessed their sins? Uh, yeah. Wow. Would yeah. they have been cursed by God? The way I look at it, our God is the same yesterday, today, forever. And the word of God says, if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us. Hmm. It is the same God pre-fall and after the fall. What if God would have forgiven them had they confessed their sins to him? But they don't. And and Adam's response, it is tragic. But you know, there's another way of looking mm-hmm. at that, though. Mm-hmm. You know, because, again, this is total hypothetical, yes. you know. Mm-hmm. But... Their sin has consequences. Right. Yes. You know, so like if you get in a brawl fight and your arm gets, you know, lopped off by a knife, let's say, mm-hmm. God can forgive you and the person you can, that you just punched or whatever, they could, you could get forgiveness, but you still don't have a hand. Agreed. Perhaps. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure whether yeah. the consequence of, of them eating of that tree would have just been erased. But anyway, we don't know. We yes, don't know that. Yes, don't know. <laughs> but uh, yes, um, Adam, Adam it, it's funny the way Adam responds. Mm. He, he blames Eve, that God, this woman, and then he blames God as well, that you gave it to yeah. me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there is no sense of personal responsibility yeah. which is there. And, and I, I see that in a lot in our culture as well. Mm-hmm. For example, every 10 to 15 years, we have a financial crisis that happens. Mm. And and in the media, the story is that the bankers, they are the, they're the greedy people. Like, the bankers got too greedy again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but I'd like to look at it from another point of view. There are people, individuals, yeah. who are taking out loans, mm-hmm. using credit cards, mm-hmm. buying houses yeah. that they cannot afford yep, to true. repay. 
Yeah, right. Uh, do we as individuals? This is a question to myself as well. Yeah. Am am I um, am I shifting the blame to someone else mm. uh, for not using my finances wisely? Mm-hmm. So yeah. that 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 is one way that I look at it. Right. That's mm-hmm. that's a good way because what we he, what we do see here is blame shifting, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is Adam famously. You know, when God finally came to him, he says, the woman that you gave me. Mm -hmm. Don't blame me. You gave me this woman. Yeah, he's pointing two fingers at once. (laughs) You know, I'm pointing the finger at someone else, essentially saying, it's their fault, has become the mantra of our culture, as Emmanuel says. I got a little nervous when you said, every 10, 15 years, we have a financial crisis. (laughs) And are we in one right now? I think think that's about now. Um, But we see this uh, pointing of the finger in the divide between the rich and the poor, the banks and the people, the men versus the women, one ethnicity versus another ethnicity, and we're all blaming each other for all of our problems. And I think an example of this um, was seen during the pandemic. You know, America blamed China for the virus, and China turned right around and blamed America. You know, politicians from blue states blamed the president, while the politicians from red states blamed the lockdowns and the WHO and the CDC. And then the blame game reached a whole new level of us versus them when the vaccine was introduced and it became quote a pandemic of the unvaccinated so it's simply not in our sinful nature to take responsibility when consequences catch up with us and in fact we can convince ourselves that nothing is our fault and this behavior all started back in genesis 3 with our oldest ancestors and continues throughout today Mm -hmm. yeah it's like when you get a computer and it has a default mode and our default mode really is not to take responsibility Mm -hmm. but to shift the blame to someone else I I think another example in the Bible of this is in Genesis chapter 20 when Abraham was sojourning in the land of Canaan Mm. and remember he he said not just once but twice uh, to the kings in in the land of Canaan Mm -hmm. that Sarah was his sister Mm -hmm. which was a lie because Sarah was his sister but she was primarily his wife and he didn't divulge that primary relationship that no this is my wife keep your hands off my wife you know <laughs> <Yes>. and so <laughs> so it really put Sarah in a very dangerous situation yeah, and when he was found out by these kings and in Genesis chapter 20 and verse 13 uh, Abraham is t- telling Abimelech he says it came to pass when God caused me to wander from my father's house and that I said to her this is thy kindness which thou shalt show unto me at every place whither we shall come say of me he is my brother so when he says God caused me to wander mm. so it's like God I, it wasn't my idea to come here from the earth the yeah. Chaldees yeah. it was God who caused me to wander here you know yeah. so it's almost like blaming God and, uh-huh. and saying God put me in this situation where I had to lie yeah yeah, I was having a conversation with somebody just the other day, really, who was really angry at God. And he said he had made a decision in his life and had led to some really bad consequences. And he said, why did God let me make that decision? Yeah. You know, he was blaming God for even yeah. allowing him to have that free will. And he might, he might not have been in the right headspace to hear it, but I just said... You know, the choice is either we're robots or we have free will. And we've talked about that before on this program. But, you know, if we have free will, then God is going to let us make those bad choices and then suffer the consequences. And hopefully those consequences will bring us to him. Yeah. And so here are some of the things people say before they blame shift. Here it is. They say, I couldn't help it. (laughs) I just couldn't help it. Or it wasn't my fault. Yeah. Or the devil made me do it. Or, (laughs) Or my wife or my husband or... 
You know, it, it was it was my upbringing. It was my environment. It was my school. It was my teacher. It was my principal. I mean, who do you want to blame shift to, dear friends? But mm-hmm. what we must do mm-hmm. when we feel the guilt of shame, rather than blame, we have to take responsibility. You know, I actually read something that was very encouraging this past week. Mm. And, and I'm not saying that this person is a Christian, okay. but I admire how he took responsibility. And, and, I, and it's about Shaquille O'Neal. You know, the famous basketball player who is now a very popular commentator on basketball on TNT. And he was talking about his split from his wife. And he opened up about his split from his wife. And he said this, I was bad. She was awesome. It was all me. We didn't need to. He says, I don't want to talk about what I was doing. But this is what he said. I wasn't protecting her and protecting those vows. Sometimes you live that double life and get caught up. I'm not going to say it was her. It was all me. And he said it like three times in this brief interview, wow. that it was all me. Mm. And and then he said, sometimes when you, you make a lot of mistakes, and you, can, you can't come back from, from that, but as I get older, you dwell on situations, and he took the blame. He took responsibility. So, dear friend, what has happened in your life that you have tried to shift the blame? You've tried to blame God. You've tried to blame other people in your life. If you have a drug problem, an alcohol problem, or if you've gone through a divorce like Shaquille O'Neal, maybe you lost your job. And and, and I'm not saying that uh, there wasn't blame. There was probably blame to go around. Yeah. Like if you're in a marriage, mm-hmm. I mean, Shaquille O'Neal said it was all me, but often it isn't all one person. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it mm-hmm. takes two to tango in a yeah. marriage or mm-hmm. in many situations. But there was fault in your situation as well. So we have to take responsibility for what we have done wrong mm-hmm. and then confess it honestly to God. And so we're going to go to a song right now. It's a beautiful song about cleanse me, O God, and know my heart. And the reality is, dear friend, God does know your heart. So after shame, rather than blame, confess your sins and get things right with the Lord. And our phone number is 929-333-3739. Give us a call right now, 929-333-3739.
that is a beautiful prayer, dear friends. I surrender. Lord, abide in me. That's our response to the, to the shame of sin in our lives. If, again, if we could help you, encourage you, pray with you tonight, give us a call right now at 929-333-3739. Or if you want to join our conversation, you may certainly give us a call. Michael, this is a good time for us as well to invite our listeners. Again, I believe we're coming out of COVID uh, to come and visit our church. We'd love to ha- meet our listeners yeah. and have them come and visit with yeah, us. Yeah, we've right? had a, a few really... Um interesting visitors recently over the last couple weeks we had a great uh, resurrection day service last sunday but if you would like to visit our church we do have room we meet at ps3 public school 3 which is at 490 hudson street in the west village of manhattan just close to the one train and we have a 10 o'clock adult bible fellowship hour and we have 11 o'clock is our main service amen yes so we would be honored to have you as a guest at our church so let's move on in the passage in verses Oh, you want to go to a call oh, yeah. here? Why, okay. don't, why don't we go to a call here? We have uh, Miss oh, Ginny on line, uh, line two. Miss Ginny, are you there? You're on the Heritage of Faith Conversations I'm radio there. program. <laughs> hey, Ginny, good to hear from you. God bless you, sister. Yeah, uh, you too. It, well, it hasn't been too long since I've seen you, but I thought I... I listened to your program, so tonight I thought I'd call in. You know, we prayed for you last week. I don't know if you heard that, but you were in our prayer at the beginning of the program yeah. last week. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, God's let, got me through so much. And let it's listeners crazy, know, Miss Ginny, you're my first landlady in New York City back in 1984, right? So we I go know. back. <laughs> yeah. And I keep, you know, my name is in your first book. So I keep oh, okay. My first book you okay. wrote about You're yeah. famous. You're yeah, famous. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so what's on your mind yeah, tonight? Uh, nothing. I just wanted to say hello and okay. I enjoyed this uh your teaching on Genesis. Oh, thank you so much, Sister Jenny. And I God got Debbie's you. card. That was an, an Easter card she sent me, and I thank you for oh, that. Oh, good, good. Okay, yeah. very good, Jenny. Well, yeah. God bless you. Okay, no. Thanks for giving us you a call. Too. Thanks for listening. God bless you, okay. sister. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank okay. you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. So, uh, Micah, in verse 14 and 15, yeah. God says that he's going to put a judgment upon the serpent. So what judgment does God decree on the serpent in verses 14 and 15? Mm. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, Pastor, but it seems to me that while the judgments in 14 and 15 are one judgment, it's almost as if God in verse 14 is directing more toward the literal serpent, and then verse 15 is directed more toward the devil who had inhabited the serpent. So in verse 14, God tells the snake that by allowing Lucifer to possess him, he and every snake hatched in the future would slither in the dust, a most undignified mode of travel. Humans and animals alike will forever react with fright and disgust when they see a snake approaching, and the same could be said for Satan. And then we get to verse 15, and it's one of the most important verses in the Bible where God... Well, let me just stop you right there, though, because snakes are really slithering, yeah. sneaky, yeah. scary yeah. things. There's, I, like, I've heard it said there's five snakes that I don't like. Uh, I, I don't like uh, big ones or, or little ones <laughs> or slow ones or fast ones or fake ones. I don't even like fake snakes. No, you know. <laughs> okay, yeah, so that, that covers verse 14. And then in 15, God pronounces his judgment on Satan. He tells the devil that from here on out there will be enmity or a deep-seated hatred and animosity 
between he and mankind, and more specifically with the seed of the woman, the one who will be bruised by Satan, but the one who will ultimately crush Satan's head. And this seed of the woman is, of course, the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Yeah, this is the first gospel proclamation in the Bible. Yeah. The first prophecy of the coming anointed one mm-hmm. who would put an end to the curse that God is about to pronounce as well mm-hmm. on the woman and, and then the man. Mm-hmm. And so this passage really speaks about the vicious war in this world between Satan between the and the woman. You know, Satan hates man and women mm-hmm. because it would be w- the woman who will be the vehicle to bring the Messiah mm-hmm. into the world. Mm-hmm. And so Satan's, and the word enmity, I will put enmity. Mm. That's hatred. 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 Yeah. Satan has a vile, unrepentant, unchangeable hatred mm-hmm. between, there is that hatred between the devil for the woman and between the seed of this now who's the seed of the serpent <laughs> good those followers yeah. mm-hmm. of him yeah that's you know good and the seed mm-hmm. of the woman that is the seed of those who will believe but ultimately the seed which is Jesus Christ he is the seed and so this is an amazing passage yeah and you know this verse you know we know that it is the first gospel message it's called the proto evangelion or evangelion um, but some people might not be familiar with that concept. So I just want to go over and Pastor, jump in if I miss anything here. So first, the whole mess of the fall is due to sin, which leads to death. And that reminds us, you know, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But then there's hope in the seed of the woman. And I love this because it's a specific reference to the virgin birth of Jesus, because we know that. It's a man in terms of reproduction who has the seed. And the Bible never talks about the woman having a seed except here, implying it, mm. that there is no human man involved in the birth of Christ. And therefore, he has no sin nature. That's right. And so I, I think we need to underline that and mm. underscore that. That yeah. this is, I mean, it's, it's not a direct prophecy of the virgin birth, mm-hmm. but it, it implies it, it. it, implies it mm-hmm. in, a, in a mysterious way, mm-hmm. but yet... In an amazing way mm-hmm. that if you think about it, like you said, that a woman doesn't have a seed, yeah. you know, it's, and it speaks about the seed of the woman mm-hmm. because the Lord would put that seed and plant that seed in the woman mm-hmm. through which Messiah would be born. So yeah. I do believe this is a prophecy of the virgin birth. Mm-hmm. And then the verse indicates that God will allow Satan to bruise or crush the seed of the woman. And this is a reference to the crucifixion where Jesus was killed. But he did not remain dead. That fatal blow doesn't come to the heel. It comes to the head. And it's the seed of the woman who deals that blow to Satan. So in part, this happened at the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus. And the fullness of this death wound will come when Jesus eventually throws that old serpent, the devil, into the lake of fire at the end of the millennium. So it's a big message contained in this single verse. And and it's mysterious, right? It's somewhat shrouded Mm -hmm. because... When we read, thou shalt bruise his heel, what is that a prophecy of? The crucifixion. The crucifixion. Yeah. Now, when we think of the crucifixion, though, mm-hmm. it was much worse than his heel. Yeah. Than, yeah. Um, thou, Satan, yeah. would bruise the seed of the woman, Christ's mm-hmm. heel. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Jesus Christ went through horrendous, agony. horrible pain and agony mm-hmm. and beating. But... Prophetically, it's described as thou, Satan, would only bruise his heel because 
it wasn't a death wound mm. of infinite proportion. Mm-hmm. It was temporary. Yeah. You know, when you bruise temporary. your heel, you get over it. Yeah. So it's like, it's temporary. It's going to be overcome. It's gonna, yeah. Whatever Satan is going to do to the seed of the woman, the seed of the woman, Messiah, will overcome it mm-hmm. and then ultimately be victorious in an absolute and crushing way. Mm-hmm. He was going to crush. Mm-hmm. And, and, so, and that's in the power of the resurrection. Amen. And so Satan thought he was victorious at the cross, but he only could bruise the heel of the Messiah. And the Messiah crushed the head of the serpent. And dear friends, that's good to know. We're on the winning side, isn't it? Mm. That's awesome. <laughs> we are on the winning side, dear yeah. friend. Our Savior is glorious. Our Savior reigns. Our Savior is victorious over sin, over Satan, over death. Satan is a defeated foe. And and Jesus Christ came. I love that verse. If I can find it here in First John chapter three verse eight, for this purpose the Son of God was manifested that He might destroy the works of the devil. And that's what it says in First John chapter three verse eight. Isn't that awesome? Or no, it's a three. First John three. Yeah, verse 8. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Jesus Christ crushed the serpent's head, dear friend. And so claim that victory. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're struggling with sin tonight. Claim the victory of Jesus Christ and claim it for your life as well. That through Jesus Christ, you could crush, you, you're, you could crush that serpent as well through Jesus Christ. He's defeated. Claim the victory of Jesus Christ, dear friend. And if we could pray with you on that, give us a call right now at 929-333-3739. So now let's go into how sin affected the woman, the man, and then the result of being expelled from the garden. So first, Emmanuel, how did sin... And it's too bad we don't have a, a, a woman to talk to with us about this tonight, so we'll tread carefully. Yes. But how did sin affect the woman, Emmanuel? Yes. So, Pastor, before I answer this, I want to anchor this in what the role of the woman was. Mm. So she was made to be a helpmeet to Adam. Mm. And when she sinned, it resulted in a corruption of that role. Mm. And it corrupted her relationships. Mm-hmm. So so the the curse was threefold. Like... Uh, she would have pain during childbirth Mm -hmm. and sorrow she would bring forth children and her husband shall rule over thee when Satan tempted Eve he tempted her with if you eat of the fruit you will be like the gods Mm. you will have power she wanted power and she wanted to rule And, and because that is what she desired God cursed that very fact and and that was subverted and the man would rule over her if Adam and Eve hadn't sinned uh, Adam would always have ruled with wisdom and with love mm. and if Eve had not sinned she would always have have obeyed with humility and weakness uh, and meekness so uh, when we talk about ruling uh, mm. we, it kind of takes on a negative connotation but men and women were always meant to work together to bring creation to subjection mm-hmm. yeah well pastor this actually goes along with one of our listeners they sent in a question that says what does it mean for the woman's desire to be for her husband mm-hmm. yeah I believe ultimately this means that because of the sin nature that is in a woman her desire will be to have the authority mm-hmm. 
And God has not given the authority to the woman in a marriage and in a home. The husband is the head of the wife. And the wife is to be in submission to the husband. Ephesians chapter 5 and 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And there is a war in that way. Now, many times man has abused and awfully subjugated the woman. We're not talking about that. That's sin. A man is not to subjugate his wife in a, some kind of a, a, a form of, of slavery. No. A man and a woman are equally made in the image of God, yet they have these differing roles. And the sin nature affects the man and woman differently. Mm-hmm. You know, the man is, is to love his wife, but God commands man that because man doesn't want to do that in our, in our sinful nature. You know, mm-hmm. we just want to be passive. Mm-hmm. And some men are happy to let the woman lead. So we have to understand our sin nature, understand our sin tendency. And this, when it says, and he shall rule over thee, and this is also used in chapter 4, verse 7, when God is talking to Cain. And God told Cain in verse 7, Genesis 4, Unto thee shall be his desire. So that is, sin would have a desire to rule over Cain. Mm. But God told Cain, but you will rule over, over that sin. Mm-hmm. You mean God was giving him the out. God was giving him the way of victory, but Cain didn't take it. Mm. You know, and we'll talk about that later yeah. when he went and killed, killed Abel. But so here, he said, uh, God, God says to the woman, thy desire shall be to thy husband. That is to, to rule over him. Mm-hmm. And so women have to understand that that's their tendency, and then they need that meek and quiet spirit, which in mm-hmm. the sight of God is a great price. Yeah, the implication in this curse is definitely this ongoing battle of the sexes. It's going to be the result of living in a fallen world. And depending on the historical time frame, I think that battle will manifest in different ways. We certainly see it in our own day, how women and men are often pitted against each other, and that's uh, one of the works of the devil. There's much talk about, quote, the patriarchy, you know, the idea that all the negative aspects of modern life and culture is the result of a social system where men dominate women. And there is some truth in that because we know that men certainly have done some terrible things over the centuries, but both of the sexes are fallen and in need of the Savior. Exactly right. And this is these are reasons people don't like the Bible. Mm-hmm. They yeah. they think the Bible. Many people say, like you said, is a patriarchal book, and mm-hmm. men are just so dominant uh, in in the Scripture. But women are given great honor and great respect. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are books in the Bible named after women mm-hmm. and and godly women, and God uses godly men and godly women. Mm-hmm. But we have to realize that the Bible is the authority and is the way of wisdom for us in how to live, as as Paul said. And I referenced the verse, but First Corinthians. Chapter 11, verse 3, Paul says, But I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. So every man has a head, Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. But every woman, and this says, is the head of the woman is the man. But that's not inferiority, because then it says the head of Christ is God. Mm -hmm. So Jesus Christ submitted himself to the Father. And Jesus is in no way inferior to the Father. He's Mm -hmm. co-equal, co-powerful, co-glorious. Uh, with the Father, but he submitted to come to die on the cross. Mm. So there's there's nothing wrong with being in the role of submission. There's actually power in submission. All of us are under submission mm-hmm. in one way or another. You join the military, you're in submission. Mm-hmm. You know, And then it, when you properly submit to, in, in your position, you actually have authority when you submit. Mm-hmm. 
and and so there's power in in submission mm-hmm. and so we shouldn't be uh we shouldn't be angry or we shouldn't run and we shouldn't fight against the fact that we we all in differing ways have to submit but mm-hmm. that's the role of the wife in the marriage relationship mm. okay yeah the only other thing i would just mention going back to the childbirth you know, oh, yeah. having pain in your it's children, real. children induce pain. You know, that doesn't actually stop at childbirth, Pastor. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but a child can cause a mother pain for years to come. Yeah. You know, I was talking to a couple in our church who their cat just had kittens and they plan to wean the kittens for about three months and then find homes for each of them. And I don't, I don't know that much about cats. I asked if the mother kitten is sad when her kittens go and they said, no, her work is done. She is ready to get rid of them. <laughs> now compare that three month period to the 18 years that modern mothers care for for their children and beyond. Um, you know, just think of the teenage years. There's pain in childbirth, for sure. Yeah. And the, 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 the birth of children, even here, stated by the Lord, he says, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow mm-hmm. and thy conception. And Jesus Christ himself spoke to this. Mm-hmm. In John chapter 16 and verse 21, he, Jesus said, A woman, when she is in travail, hath sorrow, mm-hmm. because... Her hour is come. So it, childbirth is not a picnic. Mm-hmm. There is sorrow. There is pain. And I, I was there. Yeah. You know, I mean, my wife gripped my hand so hard. You know, I mean, it, it, was, it was amazing what a woman has to go through. Mm-hmm. And it's fearful. Mm-hmm. You know, I think when women actually think about the, before they have their first child, mm-hmm. it's a fearful thing. Mm-hmm. It will cause anybody like, how is this going to happen? Yeah. You know, and it's part of the curse. And it's the reality. But God gives the woman strength, and they, many have been saved from it. But we know that women have also died in childbirth, like Rachel. Mm-hmm. Died bringing forth Benjamin, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Micah, how did sin affect the man? Yeah, well, while the curse of the woman is terrible in many ways, the all-encompassing punishment for sin was actually placed on the man. And yeah. every aspect of Adam's life would be affected by his sin. You know, first of all, the work that God gave Adam in the garden would now be much more difficult. He's no longer just a steward of the land, but will toil in sorrow because even the ground was cursed. So thorns and thistles would hamper his ability to grow food. And God said, by the sweat of his brow, he would eat. But worse than the, the difficulties of life was this promise of death. Adam's body was perfectly formed by God from the dust of the earth, but now... Over a lifetime, his body would fall into decay and eventually would return to the dust. So death became the worst part of life. And Pastor, you did a funeral yesterday in Connecticut, and I was honored to comfort a group yesterday and officiate my first funeral in Brooklyn. And what we see is we're surrounded by death. You know, to this day, no man or woman escapes the curse of death. Yeah. And death is, death is terrible, you know, and... And when when our loved ones die in the Lord, and we know that they're in heaven, uh-huh. it's so comforting. So comforting. Mm-hmm. But many times people die, and we don't know where they are, mm-hmm. and we actually say, you know, that person made no profession of faith in Jesus, yeah. mm-hmm. and that's very sorrowful. Yeah. But even when a believer dies and goes to heaven, we miss them here, mm-hmm. you know, and we miss their voice, we miss their touch, we miss their their presence, and and so death is that way. So the full force of sin, as you said, Micah, did fall upon man. And if I could just highlight those four things, and you mentioned them, but they are one, sorrow, two, pain, his work will be in toil, 
Three, struggle through unfriendly circumstances and, and the thorns and the thistles. And then four, physical death. And we see this in one of my favorite psalms, Psalm 55. And I love this psalm, and you'll know why in just a moment when I read from Psalm 55. I want to read just a few verses. In verse 9, David says, Destroy, O Lord, and divide their tongues. For I have seen violence and strife in the city. Mm. There it is, the Mm -hmm. pain Mm -hmm. of violence. And we've seen such violence in our city. And who knows the violence to come? We can only ask for God to protect us. He says, day and night they go about it upon the walls thereof. And he's personifying violence and strife. It's like violence and strife are just going, running roughshod, walking, and mischief and sorrow are in the midst of it. Wickedness is in the midst thereof. And then he says, deceit and guile depart not from her streets. And so he says, I have seen violence and strife in the city. So this is the, I call this the psalm of the city. (laughs) in my study of the city in the Bible. Mm. And so sin has brought these consequences to this life. You know, in our church, when I pastored in Queens, we had multiple mothers Mm. in our church Mm. whose sons or children had been shot. Mm. I mean, I think at one time, like five different mothers Mm. had, we had mothers whose sons were shot and killed. Mm. You know, and that... That doesn't go away. You know, you live with that pain and that sorrow the rest of your life. So, dear friend, if again, we just have a few minutes left, but maybe you've gone through this kind of pain or sorrow uh, because of the curse of sin. Give us a call at 929-333-3739, and we'd love to hear from you. So, as we're getting to wrap up this passage in verse 20 to 24, Emmanuel, we see that man is expelled from the garden. But even while man is expelled from the garden... God shows grace in providing for believing sinners. So we can leave on the, the message of grace tonight. Yes, yes, Pastor. So even when God, God expels Adam and Eve, he, he shows us how to react to the situation. Mm. God takes responsibility. He clothes them. Yeah. He, he gives them a place to go. And in, in an eternal, from an eternal point of view, I see that God takes responsibility on the cross. Mm, he mm-hmm. pays the final price. Mm-hmm. He redeems his creation mm-hmm. and he redeems his children. Yeah. So uh, God is the model for us to follow. We need to take responsibility for ourselves, uh, unlike Adam, mm-hmm. but like Christ. And mm-hmm. we need to follow him and we need to, um, we, we just need to be submissive to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think it's really astounding, actually, how much Christian doctrine is wrapped up in this verse. You know, first we see that the covering Adam and Eve tried to make for themselves was not sufficient. You know, the fig leaves never would have held up as the couple toiled in the fallen world. And this points to the fact that man cannot cover his own sin. He needs the Creator to step in. And as we said, not only does God cover them physically with the animal skin, but He covers them spiritually, initiating the entire sacrificial system. It's a system which is expanded in the Levitical system, and it culminates, as Emmanuel was saying, with the crucifixion of Jesus on the cross. Right. And, you know, if I could just back up for even a moment in verse 19, which we really didn't emphasize, where he talks about, that we were taken out of the dust of the ground Mm -hmm. and that we would go back to the dust. We will return to the dust. And isn't it amazing? Here we are thousands of years later. And yesterday, you know, I was at a funeral and the person was not a believer and he was cremated and there was his body in an urn, just Mm -hmm. a, just a urn of dust, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And, and when you were at a funeral, it was a, 
a sweet Christian woman, yeah. and she'll be buried, yeah. but her body will go into the ground mm-hmm. and just go back to the dust. So with mm-hmm. all of our technology, all of our advancements, everything we know, we, we, we cannot defeat death, and men goes back to the dust. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. you mentioned the coats of skin. Yeah. It says in the Bible, in Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11, it is the blood that makes an atonement for the soul. So we do believe when God clothed Adam and Eve with these coats of skin that a sacrifice in that sense was offered and that sacrifice was a type of the ultimate sacrifice the perfect mm-hmm. sacrifice of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and you know God it, it, it is interesting we were talking before the program that you know God immediately as soon as they ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil he said they have to get out of the garden because they can't now reach out and eat from the tree of life and we were talking about you know, if they had eaten from the tree of life, and of course we're speculating here, would they have lived forever in right. a fallen state? You know, he yeah. was providing a way out for them. Mm-hmm. They could eventually, you know, be reconciled to him through the blood and, you know, eventually spend eternity in heaven with him. Yeah, well, and Henry Morris even posited this. He, Henry Morris said it would have been calamitous had they continued in a perfect environment as sinful people especially eating of the tree of the of the of the of life and eating of that fruit and then living indefinitely in such a condition and i thought about that i was like wow because they they actually did live for a really really yeah. long time mm-hmm. so imagine if they ate of that tree of life and yeah. ate maybe and the leaves for the healing of the nation mm-hmm. maybe the leaves would have brought healings they could have lived even longer so god in mercy was giving them a way out Mm-hmm. But Adam and Eve did lose their dream house. Yeah. Sin does have tremendous consequences. Yeah. But God is merciful, dear friends. The good news is that through Jesus Christ we can have forgiveness. Emmanuel, thank Amen. you for being here with us tonight. Thank you, Pastor. Okay, thank you, Mike, as always, for Thanks, your great Pastor. insight into God's mm-hmm. Word. Dear friend, we just want to encourage you that Jesus Christ is the Savior that loves you with the everlasting love. Jesus Christ is the man of sorrows acquainted with grief. He wore the crown of thorns. He took the mm-hmm. curse mm-hmm. of the, the thorns and thistles mm-hmm. on himself. Mm-hmm. He bore agony in the garden and sweat. He, he knew what sweat was. He loves us. Call upon him. He'll save you. Good night. Thank you for tuning in to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program. To find out more about Heritage Baptist Church and our service times and locations, visit our website at hbcnyc.org. We stream multiple services online each week, including 11 a.m. Sunday mornings and 7.15 p.m. Wednesday nights. All are welcome, and you can find links to participate in our services on our website hbcnyc.org and join us again next Sunday at 6pm for another Heritage of Faith conversation sponsored by Heritage Baptist Church. Until then rejoice in the Lord.